Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian. And I'm Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. Now, let's get right into the show. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the question, can married men have friends of the opposite sex? I've been in some conversations lately just talking about this topic and people have been asking you know how uh, my wife and I kind of came up with our thought process in our system um, just talking about opposite sex friendships but it's not as simple as it seems right there's a lot of different dynamics there's who did you have friends before you were married um, what do you do when you have new friends of the opposite sex um, introduced into your marriage, you know, your wife's friends, you know, our friends, you know, as, as husbands and all those work relationships. It's a it's a gamut and it's different social settings. And how do we bring that all together to have a cohesive to have cohesive friendships throughout our marriage? So, fellas, when you hear that question, what's your immediate answer? My immediate answer is no. Married men cannot have female friends but there are scenarios that exist um where the the female friends is necessary you know so i guess i'm hedging a little bit a lot actually you know uh the the answer for me is no however um there may be times when you are put in in spots where you need to be in close proximity Um, but being careful in that proximity is going to be the key brian what do you think so for me, my first thought is, how do you define a friend? So that's number one. Then I go to, I think most of the females that some might consider friends to me are probably just acquaintances. You know, however, those relationships uh, come into existence, you know, through the workplace or what have you. And then I also think I've got plenty of female friends. The fact of the matter is they're mostly my wife's friends. Good point. So that's that. I mean, if we want to define a friend, I got dictionary.com says a friend is a person whom one knows and whom one has a bond of mutual affection, typically exclusively of sexual or family relations. Okay. Well, I like that definition. You know, that definition really puts it out there. You know, just you got... There's some connection there. It's not your family, and you're not physically attracted to that person. Well, I don't know if that said physically attracted, but there's no funny business. But that, I mean, that could also be a indicator of needing to back off. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you're starting to feel some type of way, have some type of attraction, that means cut that thing and run. We dove into this real fast. <laughs> um so obviously that needs to be part of the conversation, but I think let's start with in your marriage, how do you pre-frame a conversation about having friends of the opposite sex? Yeah, I think you don't wait until something comes up, right? When you're, when you found, even in a relationship, when you found that it's getting serious, um, even at the engagement stage, that's something that you need to talk about. How comfortable are you with friends um sometimes it comes up because there's certain friends that you're like eh. um 
But I think that you would do that with same-sex friends, too. Like, if you have a same-sex friend of your wife and she's about a different life than what you want your wife or what you see your wife can do, you'd address that as well. So I think in that same conversation or in that same vein, definitely have those with um, your wife around the opposite sex. So about any of her male friends. So I'm trying to think of if I had any conversations with my wife pre-marriage about like how to handle female friends. And I, I don't think that that was something that like really came up. So I'm wondering how we decided to, to move forward. I think it was, it was probably just me putting it myself in a position to be like, hey, I got to go forward with this person. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to jeopardize what I have here with anything that, you know, I've had previously in the past. But I don't think it was ever like a, a formal conversation that we've had. Brian, do you think that was like a conversation that you had? Absolutely not. And as you're speaking about that, I also thought, how much time did you spend with your wife before you were married? She probably met most, if not all, of the people that you interact with. Because especially in that phase of getting to know someone, in that phase of wooing them, courting them, you can't help but spend time with each other. And mm-hmm. I think that there there would have to be some sort of intent on deception for YouTube not included her in meeting your core group of people. I, I I just don't see how that could have happened. Right. And then even if I go back to how my wife and I met, we met at work um, in a restaurant and maybe that is more of a, I don't even know how to phrase it, maybe a different uh, style of relationship, but most of our friends were mutual. Yeah. I can see how it's not really a gray area when you have mutual friends. And and you make a great point also that your wife has probably met all of your friends already. And she's probably comfortable with them. And if she wasn't comfortable with them, she would definitely let you know that, hey, keep eyes on this person. Um, I definitely think my wife would do that. Yeah, that that's when that becomes a topic. If you run into a relationship with your wife and you know, her radar goes, you have to have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, now that you say that, um, that is probably how 98% of all conversations about this come up. Um, I think, like you said, as you're getting to know someone, you're immersing them in your world to see if they're a fit. So at that point, everyone you meet or anyone that's close is there. So I would just say be open to having that conversation when it comes. And it may, because um, we don't always have the best radar for ourselves, but our wives have better radars. So right. when that comes up, be open to listening. I would say make it a conversation. So obviously give your feedback, pushback, whatever, but just be open. If this is your forever person, which your wife is, then at the end of the day, you're going to go with her anyway. So just make sure that all all uh, corners of the relationship have been discussed. Got a question. Can either of you think of a scenario in your relationships where you would take a firm stance on saying, no, I'm not going to eliminate this female friend from my life? No. That is not a hill that I want to die on. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have a lot of, you know, I have some female friends who's, and the relationship changed once I met my wife. 
takes second fiddle to her. And, and so she is uncomfortable with that relationship. And there wasn't one. There wasn't, you know, there, there wasn't a situation where she was uncomfortable. But if there was, she would definitely let me know. And I would probably try to talk her through it. But at the end of the day, I know what side of uh, bread my, wait, what's that, how's that phrase go? What, I don't know how that phrase goes, but. What side of the b- bread your butter's on or something yeah, like that's, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the phrase. She, you know, she's number one and I got to take care of her. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm the same. I couldn't imagine a scenario where I would stand that firm and tell my wife, no, I, that is a friend of mine, whether you're uncomfortable with her or not. Just that just sounds that, that right? just sounds weird. Say, I knew her longer than you. you Got to be out of your mind. Yeah, so. that makes no sense to say to me. I mean, you at that point, you're basically deciding that this relationship is going no further because I'm choosing to stay friends with that person. It's not a right. battle worth fighting. No, that's no. just a tragic ending. Really. So. Yeah. 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 In my mind, that makes that makes me think you're not prepared to be married. There you go. Hundred percent. So, because facts like you're. When you're committing to someone, you are, you know, denying yourself in certain areas. You're saying that I'm going, I'm willing to lay down certain things that quote unquote, identify me as me and immerse myself with you. And as we go forward together, I know that there are going to be some fallout and I'm willing to accept the things that fall off because I believe that God has brought me together with you and with you, things are going to be that much better. And if there's some casualties along the way, things that uh, that you don't like, uh, we could talk through it. But if that thing's got to go, that thing's got to go. And and that's hard. I know we might be talking about it kind of like, you know, how easy it might be to just let that. But it's it's difficult. But we have to be prepared. Like you said, be prepared to be married. And that's one of the things that you might you might end up losing. Yeah. And I think along that same line is friends from the past. But- one of those you may not be ready if you're still searching for new exclusive female friends, right? Like I'm looking for this person and, or I found this person and they'd be a great friend. Like that should not be on your radar to go searching for that aspect to me. Yeah. Cause you're still, you'd still be hunting, you know, as a male, you'd still be out there trying to find the one you can't, you can't be actively quote unquote, hunting for that female friend, because I mean, that's, I mean, like, can we be, if we were real, real, like if we were looking for a female friend, it's not necessarily for friendship. Right. Yeah. So just be careful, man. Fellas, be careful out there. So how do you tackle, oh, you, you got something, Ryan? I'm just thinking you have to be mindful, right? If you are wanting to begin a relationship with someone if you are wanting to take that step, propose, be in that engaged phase, obviously with the plan to be married later on, I think your mind starts to condition itself, right? Like you said, Harlan, there are going to be some things that are going to fall out of your life. That's, in my mind, a part of being prepared to be married. The idea that the net gain mm-hmm. is is the purpose, right? So... I guess where my mind is going is maybe we have a discussion about how that transition, that that mindset transition happens, right? You brought up, you know, still hunting. And I think to myself, once I called 
my future wife, my girlfriend, I was no longer hunting, right? I, I got the kill. Now, in that phase, obviously, something could go wrong and, you know, maybe you, you break up and you go back on the hunt. But that says a lot about your character as to whether or not you stopped hunting when you decided to have an exclusive relationship with this person. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Once you get that person that you want to be with, the idea is that you're going to be faithful to that person. And you said it, that's your, that's to your character. If that's your girlfriend or if that's your fiance, then you should have a strong commitment to that person as opposed to still out there living your best life in the clubs. I mean, you can go to the clubs and you can hang out, but are you, are you hunting still? Mm -hmm. And if you're hunting still, you may not be ready for that next step. Just be a strong wingman for your friends. <laughs> I could just see like a little play, a play sheet calling off plays, trying to help you. Help. <laughs> well, nowadays you got to put it in front of your face while, while you're calling play. <laughs> right. Club headset. Hilarious. <laughs> but um, I mean, I'm so far removed from that life. It's crazy. Bro. You don't want to be out there. Same. You don't want to be out in these streets. <laughs> you edit that. You don't want to be out there. It's a whole different game. Pack. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think definitely a way to look at it. You you can kind of gauge your readiness. Um, but it, like you said, it's a character thing, too. So but I think as as you move, as you move from girlfriend to fiance to wife, for me, the the gravity of um, that relationship kind of set in. I don't think the mindset of looking for any anything ever changed. Like once we decided to move forward, that was it. But you you realize for me, I I realized the gravity of each relationship that I have, whether it be you know same sex or not, like how that could influence my marriage, right? So I fostered my marriage to flourish, but also that those other relationships helped flourish my relationship whether it made us better as a couple or me better as a person so i think considering the value added to those relationships can help you determine if those relationships are even worthwhile if that makes sense you, you make a great point you know you don't want to get yourself to a point where you've isolated you and, and your spouse and you're not engaging the community around you that would be unhealthy but to your point it's good if you can find communities around you that will help to build that relationship between you and your wife. That's, and that's healthy. So those friendships are important, but they have to be set up correctly so that you know that it's not anything that's bad or or self-seeking. It's got to be because this relationship will make what you have between you and your wife that much better. Wholesome. So how would you go about setting that up? I think we can just send out some husband in, in training t-shirts. I like it. That way you're just identified. <laughs> Still learning. <laughs> you know, like student driver. <laughs> Bumper stickers, all that. But No, I mean, so obviously we need to talk about boundaries, setting boundaries up. And I especially want to speak about relationships that happen in the workplace. That's where we spend most of our time. I think that's you know, bound to happen at some point, right? You're going to run into a female that you're going to have to work with, spend time with, you know, in some jobs, you might exclusive, exclusively have to spend time with that female. 
So how do we have that conversation with our wife uh, about, hey, here's what's going on at work. I need to make sure that you're comfortable with this because if I'm to stay in this job, I can't change this dynamic, right? A lot of it obviously is going to be trust and communication and those things. But in your experience, in your opinion, how do we have those conversation uh, conversations and what are appropriate and healthy boundaries? Yeah, that's good. I think having multiple conversations should be on your radar. Um, generally, especially um, in a new space, would be talking about what happens during the day with your spouse, um, what people have said, um, what they've kind of done, what's the general feel of that relationship, right? Because like I said earlier, we may have no idea. We may think things are fine and above board and everything's going on. But if describe the situation to your wife and say maybe what this female friend said or coworker said, she may pick up some on something that um, would help you navigate that space a little bit better, if that makes sense. So maybe it's put your guard up. Maybe it's different things that you guys decide to make boundaries. Or she might say, that sounds like you guys have a healthy relationship. I trust you and we'll keep touching base. We'll still keep communing, communicating about this as you move forward. So that way you can feel you know, that you can continue to be yourself as well as knowing that she trusts you in that relationship, that working relationship. And so I have three things that I think might be helpful. Um, be realistic to, uh, with yourself. You know, be realistic with yourself. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, to he who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Like if, so if you think that you are impenetrable, and that there's no way that you're going to succumb to this temptation, whatever it is, or this this lifestyle, or you know, the situation. You you don't think it'll happen to you. That is when you are preparing yourself before for. So be real with yourself. It yes, it can happen to me, but I don't want it to. But at least if you have that initial guard up, then you'll be prepared when you see it. It won't blindside you, and you won't just fall right into it right? Um, be professional, you know, try to do things like I've, I've heard it said above board. If you're in an, in an office setting, you know, no closed doors, if, if possible, you, know, you don't want other coworkers thinking that there's something happen or happening between the two of you. Um, your conversation can't be flirty conversation. We all know what that sounds like. Um, we're all very charming guys. That's why our wives chose us, but we can't, fall into that trap with anyone else. That conversation probably should look sisterly as opposed to female worker, you know? Um, and then the final thing is it, it goes along the lines of just that selfishness piece. Uh, don't be selfish in that we have an obligation to guard the hearts of our wives. So I work with teenagers and I always try to get them to what I call fast forward the narrative which is play this thing out. If this thing plays out, what are your end results going to be? So don't get, don't be a slave to the moment where the moment is, is, has taken over and blinded you and covered your ears and you have no idea of what's happening. Fast forward it, see what it's going to, what, see what that end's going to look like. You're smart. 
you know, so for, for with us, the, the end result of our action, if we, if we step out and cross that boundary and it's a thin, it's a thin line. Maybe it's not a thin line. We might talk about that later, but if you cross that boundary, you're, you're going to hurt your, the person that you love the most and think about what that would feel like to you. You probably don't even know what that would feel like to her, but the, how crushed she would be in that moment. So be professional, be realistic, guard that person that you love the most. And if you do those things, I think maybe, hopefully, you'll be able to navigate that work relationship. I think those are good guidelines. I also think as I'm reflecting, in a lot of workplaces, your HR or human resource guidelines kind of dictate how those relationships should present how you should interact. And I think as long as you stay within that lane, it, is, it should be difficult for anything outside of your marriage relationally to, to blossom into something that it shouldn't be, right? Now, with that being said, obviously, you know, who knows how many times a year infidelity happens and it, you know, it starts within the workplace. So I don't want to basically pretend those things don't exist. Sorry, I had something happen with my right ear for some reason. I don't know. Somebody's talking about me. Um, so again, I don't want to pretend like these issues don't exist. Obviously, that's why we're having this conversation. But I, I just keep coming back to my own character, my own experience, right? That's really all I'm able to to speak from. And I simply can't imagine a world where I would entertain the idea of creating a separate relationship with a woman outside of my marriage. Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard. I, I just, I'm thinking of, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know plenty of people, not plenty, but I know upstanding gentlemen that would have said the same thing or have said the same thing. And then situations end arising. But I think if you can continually work on your marriage and continually strive to have the best communication that you can, that is kind of a, um, that's a deterrent within those unforeseen circumstances that may come up that lead to just a, a, a little bit more of a connection that might be outside of your typical work relationship, right? Not something big, but some just something that's small that might get you a little bit more vulnerable or a little bit more open or that that leads to those connections that lead to something outside of your marriage. Do you see what I'm saying? Because it doesn't all happen like, boom, she's fine. I'm on the hunt. I'm looking for someone outside my wife. It's those little small things like, oh, I'm, I've opened up to her. Oh, now I'm opened up and I'm not as open with my wife on this. She's open up to me and we're now vulnerable. And then we're spending more and more time together by ourselves. Then those things happen. You know what I mean? So it's never a, we're going to do this. It's kind of like a small chip away at what you've put up to block your um, your marriage or something that may seem quote unquote missing. Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. I get that. I think more or less I was just speaking of my own experience. Yeah. And I would say a large part of the way, or the reason I think the way I think, is because of this podcast. 
right? You said putting in that time to work on your marriage, a large part of that for me is this podcast. Mm-hmm. So with the time and effort that I put into this, not that I would, I guess, necessarily need it if this hadn't happened or this podcast hadn't happened, right? But I guess the point I'm trying to make is my my marriage is so often front of mind and my intent is to be a better husband, be a better father. The time and effort that I put into that doesn't necessarily allow for my mind to slip off into the abyss, if, if that makes sense to anybody out there. My communication with my wife has gotten so much better. And I think that is what we're saying. That is a large way, a large part of the process of guarding from these things happening. When you have such an open window for conversation with your wife and you, like myself, now find yourself talking with your wife about everything. That's not where I started in my marriage. But now through this process, through speaking with other husbands and seeing where other people have made mistakes and knowing that that's not where I want to be, if nothing else, I'm forcing myself to have these conversations. And that might be where it started, but through that practice, it's just becoming more and more natural. And I keep going back to that word intent. You know, So the intent of wanting to make my marriage better, that practice has turned into me wanting to have those conversations, wanting to text her and call her while I'm at work, wanting her to text me and call me while I'm at work. You know, so it's sort of a vice versa thing. And, you know, largely that was a problem for me early in my marriage. And I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about, you know, my, my OCD, right? It's for me, my problem is when I start on to a task, especially my job, I am um, often very difficult to pull from. And even in my own mind, I have to convince myself to call my wife. I have to convince myself to send her a text and say, hey, I love you. I was thinking about you because I'm just, you know, even when it comes to driving, I'm, I'm just so focused on the task at hand that to a fault sometimes I'm neglectful of my surroundings. Well, I, I think the fact that you, so your, your, your marriage has gotten healthier, healthier over the years is, is awesome. And the fact that you have the, the correct intent and the fact that your wife is on the forefront of your mind, your kids are on the forefront of your mind, that's, that's a level of maturity that, um, that some men don't get to, don't know exists, and perhaps they just don't want to. Maybe they're lazy. So, you know, what, you're, what people see now out of you, it's not just like a switch that you've like just turned on and then you're there. It's just incrementally over time, you've gotten better at it. You've learned what works. You've learned what doesn't work. You've confided with uh, other married men to help you out, to to give you some tips and pointers. You've studied yourself. So you're not, so your OCD also uh, is your, is a gift. I don't, I mean, like some people think of it as like, as a, something that hinders them or, or, but maybe whatever, but it's also the, you know, the things that causes you to be so focused to, Throw the podcast out here. What causes you to be so focused to want the best for your business, to want the best for your wife? So um, the end result that people see now is you being able to have that hyper-focus. And if if you're hyper-focused about what's best for your marriage, then you won't allow someone from the opposite 
sex or you know a, a relationship cause you to do something that would hurt your wife so i got you this this topic has so many gray areas with it too um and they depend on the comfortability with you and your wife right but as we've said the key is communicating um and setting up as much as you can um what's accepted what's acceptable within your marriage so what kind of greetings do you have from people that you know together like your social groups church um other activity groups bowling sports teams clubs whatever to you know what happens when you see said person you know not with your spouse right how do you greet them what's acceptable it's it's okay to have those conversations because once you know what's expected then you can know what what brings your marriage we were talking about winning earlier what allows you to win within your marriage right so once you know your wife expects this, when it arises, you do it, it gains trust, and your relationship is still strong. Now, if you go outside of that and go beyond that, that's when you kind of run into problems. So a lot of times we have expectations of something, and then we're not really let down by whatever that situation is. We're let down by what our expectation was, if it was met or not. So we always want to make sure we know what our expectations of our wives are, talk through those to make sure they're realistic, and then make sure we meet or exceed those expectations. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's a, that's a very good point. I'm writing it down right now. Yeah, I mean, you're held accountable for what you know a lot of the time. And if you know what your wife expects of you, and that's what you've agreed upon, and that's what you know will, ple- will make her happy, then it should, that's, you should execute that. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to guarding. That's that's one of the ways to guard the heart of your wife is have those expectations and meet or exceed those when it comes to anything in general, what specifically talking about, you know, those opposite opposite relationships. Fellas, do you think there are any unreasonable expectations that can be set onto a marriage as far as this topic is concerned? I would say not really as long as there's no controlling and narcissistic tendencies within your wife. Like something unreasonable would be like putting your eyes down whenever you have in your peripheral scene a woman coming, right? Like how am I supposed to live life? Because half of the population is women, right? So that that's something like that. But now if you've made decisions in the past where that warrants that decision you have to really self you know check yourself you know what i mean are you looking double looking symbol looking break triple looking breaking your neck that type of thing then that you might have to start with that okay avert your eyes and then grow back up to a healthy boundary do you see what i'm saying yeah definitely it's very funny but the the problem is there's there's a little there's a lot of truth to it right right dang (laughs) <laughs> and, and and not just when you're out in public, but, you know, if you spend any amount of time on social media, you're bound to see things that pull your attention away. And is your viewing of those things guarding that heart? And what are you what are you putting in place to to make sure that that space is also, um, you know, because 
we're not in the office. A lot of us are still not in the office due to COVID, of course. And a lot of uh, inappropriate relationships, some of them start in real life, but probably maybe even more than half bloom, bloom and blossom online. So what, what are we doing to guard that in real life space where, you know, things are a little bit, you could see them, everyone can see them, but then the online space where, you know, there are apps out there that delete conversations and apps out there that mask um, your Tinder account, you know, that so, you know, people don't necessarily know what you are, what you're doing. So, Brian, I think it comes back to the character piece again. Um, how are you protecting that the woman that you love? So I think this is this is a great topic, I think, because what it's causing us to do is, is really look internally and and count the ways that we are actively trying to make our marriage relationship better and then also count the ways that we are sabotaging that relationship and ignorance can't be an excuse especially Brian like you said if you're actively and intending on doing the right thing you have to eliminate the things that are not conducive to what you want that end goal to be and that takes maturity I like that let's just say as a summary for our conversation today if there are men out there who are maybe struggling in this area, what tips could we give them to kind of get started down this path of maybe focusing more on improving their marriage, kind of getting out of, I want to say that realm of selfishness, selfishness, which is, I think, ultimately kind of where this topic might lie if you are struggling with it, right? Um, I don't know. I guess, guys, if you want to go around the room and just kind of give one or two things that hit you or struck you most that the guys, the, the men of the world can work. So for me, it's just self-examination. Look at your lifestyle and then begin to eliminate the things that are not going to build your marriage into what you want it to be. And if you don't know what those things are, ask your wife. She'll tell you. But, you know, get get other you know men around you who know a little bit about the married life. Surround yourself with good people. And, and we're smart. You know, men, men, you're smart. You know that if you're doing something and your wife would see you doing that thing, what, what it would do to her. You know the conversation that you have or the text message that you send or the meeting that you're having, the conversation that you're having. You, you know if she was around, if you wouldn't say that, or if you wouldn't send that, then it's, it's wrong. If she would see it and then look at you a certain way, you can't, you can't, you just can't do that stuff. Yeah. I think I was going to go almost exactly in the same area. And the way I think of it is more of like a meter, right? A, a, a metering system. And it's, you know, my wife were to do this. How would that make me feel? Mm-hmm. If my wife were to have these thoughts, where would that leave me? And if you do that and start having feelings of feeling alone, feeling betrayed, feeling like maybe your marriage needed to end, then you have some work to do, right? Um, I think then you know there are some things that need to be discussed, and it might be hard to be honest about those things up front. But again, what's your intent? If it's to move forward, then sometimes it's worth doing the hard things to be better. And 
and just to be able to move forward. Yeah, I would agree with what both of you said. Um, be open and vulnerable enough to be true to yourself and what's going on within you. The next thing I would say is communicate those things with your wife. And then lastly, and I think most importantly, is assess the value of those relationships and weigh those against the relationship with your wife. And that will tell you all. They, your wife, the relationship with your wife should outweigh those other relationships. And if they don't, and you're honest to yourself, you have to say, do you want them to? And if you do want to, then it's time to put in the work that they do. Whether that means talk to other people, go to a counselor, talk to your wife, work on your communication, as well as cut off those relationships, um, those other relationships as well. So I think that would be, you know, the only additional thing that I would say to what both of you guys said. Cool. I think we can wrap it up there. Um, I feel like this topic got kind of heavy and I almost want to apologize for it, but I don't because it's something that was worth talking about. So I hope we didn't put you to sleep and I hope we, you know, gave you some food for thought, especially if you're struggling in this area. But outside of that, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you got any value out of this episode, we'd like to invite you to rate, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platform. If you would like to be a guest or want to have your questions answered, hit us up on our website, marriageistougher.com, or follow us on Facebook, searching Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips. Thanks again. This is Paul. And this is Brian. We will talk to you next time.